Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners to How I Met Your Podcast, Season 2, Episode 11, How Lily Stole Christmas. Hey, Jen. Hey, Steve. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you. Well, I don't have any fun facts. Do you have fun facts to get us kicked off? I have a story to tell, but... Um, no, my fun facts are kind of sprinkled in. Okay. Well, Jen and I went to a wedding a few weeks ago. I guess it must have been since the last time we podcasted, and it's been about two weeks since we podcasted. So first of all, sorry for that. We were on vacation last week at the beach and did not bring our stuff to record, so that's part of the delay, and then just, you know, getting back into the swing of things now. But at any rate... No, you're back at the office, so not <laughs> finishing up quite as early as usual. That's true, too, yeah. Our, our family time starts a little later in the day now. But I've been back in the office to try and train my new employee who just started this past week. And he is a How I Met Your podcast fan. I'm sorry, he's a How I Met Your Mother fan. And he's like, well, I guess I should start listening to your podcast. Because he also listens to podcasts. I said, you don't have to. but It'll be on your performance appraisal, <laughs> but... <laughs> so hi, rate. if you're listening. Hi, John. Welcome. Welcome to the family. We went to a wedding a couple weeks ago. My friend Colin and... His fiance Angie, I think they were planning a much bigger wedding, but because of COVID, they had to scrap those plans. And I think once Washington, D.C. went into a certain phase where you could have people get together uh, with social distancing you know, included, that they sort of blocked off a little section of Rock Creek Park outside, you know, within D.C. and set up for their wedding there. Which was nice. We, we sort of got a, an invitation to it maybe three days before the wedding, or four days before oh, was that the wedding. It? I thought it was like a week. It was a Saturday, and I think we got an invite like Monday or Tuesday. No. <laughs> I think they just put it together that quickly. And then their neighbor who lived across the street from the park went ahead and had people over in his backyard afterwards. But the ceremony was in sort of a woodsy entrance area to the park. And so there were about, I don't know, what do you think, 50, 60 people there? Maybe? I don't even think that many. Certainly not that many that stuck around for the reception afterwards at the guy's backyard. But um, it, it was enough space that we were pretty spread out and, you know, we, we could hear everything very well. And they, you know, they had a, a regular ceremony. So I leaned over to Jen at some point and said, they're getting married in the woods like a bunch of squirrels. <laughs> and Jen and I just started laughing, which was much easier with masks on yeah. so that we weren't disrupting the rest of the ceremony. Luckily, those masks did help <laughs> conceal our giggling because that was... <laughs> and then when it came <laughs> time... to hear that when they're doing vows. Right. We, that leads to another story that we'll get back to. I'll circle back to after I finish the rest of the How I Met Your Mother coincidences of this wedding. So we had that as, you know, oh, we got to mention this during our podcast. And then it's time for a poem to be read during the ceremony. <laughs> and what poet did they choose? Pablo Neruda. Yes. Oh, and that just sent Jen and I over. <laughs> we, were, we had tears coming out of our eyes. And again, thank you for the masks because <laughs> no one saw what we were doing. But we once went to a wedding at like a country club. Oh, my God. For, in Virginia for our friends Mike and Jen. And at the the priest was a little kooky. That's a good word for it. But at some point during the ceremony, I mean, he had he was saying numbers of things that were kind of making us 
that tickled us a little bit. But then at one point he said, everybody raised your left hand up to the sky and everyone did it except me. And I kind of whispered to Jen, although the people that sat around us heard it, I'm <laughs> raising my hand like a bunch of Nazi youth. And like everyone around me started laughing, which made Jen and I get the <laughs> giggle attacks where anytime one of us made a laughing noise, it would set the other person <laughs> off. And we probably went on like this for about five minutes at the wedding. It was so rude. At least it wasn't a funeral. Right. So the moral of um, both of these stories is don't invite us to weddings. We are bad wedding guests. There was a funeral incident. There was? My uncle's funeral. What? It must have been like five years ago now, maybe. Maybe not quite that, four. Something like that, yeah. We were close to him. He'd come over to family events, and we'd go over to his place. He's always lived within, you know, an hour of me and my family, and I was the same age as his oldest son, so we were very close. We went to Guatemala. We were at his daughter's town in Guatemala that where she's working. We had mentioned that in the past. But at his funeral, which was at a synagogue, someone came out with a guitar to play a song. And for some reason, this just made us think of Clint playing a song at his wedding when he married Ted's <laughs> mom. Because the, the song almost had that sort of tone to it, yeah. if you will. I mean, there was no dragons. But you and I like started to shake a little bit. Oh my god, I forgot all about that until just now. All right, so don't invite us to funerals either. We are bad guests. Yeah. Oh my god. Or we shouldn't sit near each other. <laughs> we'll have to be separated. Like in high school when I got in trouble with my friends for laughing in English class. So how Lily stole Christmas. IMDb has it in 8.1. We now are reserving my ranking till the end. And I don't know. It had a lot more laugh lines than I remembered. But it also had like a lot of dead periods where I was like, I don't know if it needed this. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll unwrap all of that. But you had the same kind of thoughts? Yeah. No, there were definitely points that I laughed out loud. But overall, yeah, it's not one of my favorites. It's not what I would, you know seek out to rewatch. Right. In a season full of great episodes. Yeah, again, it's like a bottom five of this season. But I do like, I mean, there's a lot of like pop culture references we've woven. Woven in? Woven in? Yeah. We'll go with that. (laughs) There's a lot of pop culture references woven in, which is, you know, it's nice to kind of pick those things out. You'll have to point those out. I'm not sure what you're talking about off the top. Oh, okay. When you mention that. Then I will have some fun facts for you. Well, we find out as this kicks off that it's December 2006 and Ted's trying to decide what to do for Christmas. He has three options. One is to go do Christmas with his mom and her new boyfriend, Flint. Clint, I'm sorry. (laughs) God, I even wrote down Flint. That's weird. Clint. And it's the Clint that we get to know much better later on. I forgot that he's his character's introduced in this early. Yeah, because when... When his parents come to visit, I guess, was that the beginning of the season? Um, they mentioned somebody else, like Frank, you know, the guy who did your braces. Right. Different so, guy from yeah. Clint. And we never really get an explanation of that, but now, you know, now she's with Clint, and so, yeah, Ted has the option to um, spend Christmas with them. Um, and so as he's talking about these options, like the Christmas cards, apparently, that they all send have, are popping up on the screen. Mm-hmm. So apparently... Um, Oh, gosh, what's his mom's name? Virginia. Yeah, Virginia and Clint are serious enough that they have a Christmas card. <laughs> Maybe that's out. why I called him Flint, because I combined him with Frank. 
Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his dad's all into microbrewing now. And the third choice is Staten Island with his super religious cousins. He's not into really any of these, so he decides that, yeah, their little mini friend family will be where he spends Christmas. Yeah, this is a very popular city thing. I remember our friends in D.C. would kind of just get together with each other for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't wouldn't always go back to see their families that were, you know, in some different part of the country. Seems like just a very city thing to do amongst friends. Yeah, I can... I think I've only missed Christmas once or twice. I think once we swapped, because we usually we go see my family at Christmas and stay here for Thanksgiving with your family, and we swapped that one year. And then after Tyler was born, Tyler was born in mid December, so we didn't go home that Christmas. But other than that, like, yeah, that's never really been a consideration of just like, oh, I'm just not gonna go. <laughs> no, I mean, I like seeing your family. Christmas is probably the best time to do it. Yeah. Okay, Marshall's coming out of his bedroom. He's going to write a paper, but he doesn't want to see the winter Christmassy decorations. And they, man, they really blew it out. Billy yeah. does it up. We don't. I don't think we ever see this again. I don't know if we have any more Christmases on the show again, but I don't recall them going this far overboard. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember any other Christmas episodes, but... Marshall won't let himself see it until he finishes his paper. That will be his reward. That seems like a very you thing to do to me. Did you do you? Like, nope, can't see it until you've (laughs) cleaned out the bathroom. I I don't think I impose those kind of, you know... Work and then rewards upon you. I do it upon no, myself. No, 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 that's what I meant. Oh, do it to myself. Yeah. Okay, yes, you're right. <laughs> like it seemed like a very Steve thing to do. Like, okay, I can't do it until I get this thing done. Yeah, I have trouble motivating, and so I, I typically have rewards for doing certain things. That is very Steve. So is talking to the third person. <laughs> Lily... So he leaves. Lily's talking about how things are going back to normal. Was wondering why the answering machine, which she found, was not plugged in. And somehow it was like a daily reminder to Marshall. Yeah, this is like very convenient. Just like out of nowhere, she's like, oh, look, our answering machine, our old answering machine. Like, why don't we plug it in? There's a lot of things in this episode that are just out of this world. Like this right, could make happen. any sense. <laughs> we'll get to some more of those, but... She decides to plug it back in, and the first message that pops up is Ted calling her what? No, it's out. actually Ted's dad calling, saying he's about to go fishing with his friend Clint. Oh, I missed that. That might not have been in the TV version. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the first message. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and we get Ted going, yep, same Clint. <laughs> and then it goes to Ted's voicemail. I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the TV version, but I was actually wondering... Is there any time at which we see Ted's dad and Clint together in the show? And I don't think there is. I don't think so. Do we ever see Ted's dad again? We see him. For some reason, Ted's hanging out with him and his dad's bragging about having slept with Ted's prom date or homecoming date. Okay. I think, I feel like that's the only time. It's like, it's like a 10 second scene. And I forget which episode that's with. That's right. Like maybe he goes home for a little while. We have like a quick flash to that for some reason. Sounds familiar. Um, so yeah, the second message is Ted 
leaving a message for Marshall, you know, telling him to stop moping and to get over Lily, and, you know, she's not worth it, and she is a Grinch. But he didn't say Grinch. (laughs) And I like Ted here. Oh, fudge. It didn't say fudge. Yeah. So that's one of our first references, which is to Christmas Story. The movie Christmas Story? Oh, pop culture reference. Okay. How's that? I don't remember what scene you're referring to. So Ralphie's out with his dad, like helping him change a tire, and he, I don't know, like drops the nuts or the bolts or something, goes, oh, fudge. He's like, but I didn't say fudge. (laughs) Okay. And then, yeah, don't you? I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he has to, like, get his mouth washed out with soap when he gets home, and the mom calls. They try to, like, figure out, like, you know, where did you learn this from? He plays his friend, Schmitty, or whatever his name is. Right, and so then, yeah, his mom calls the friend, and the friend gets in trouble, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, so that's, you know, a quick reference to Christmas Story. Well, good catch with the Christmas story. I wouldn't have thought of that. Right. I haven't seen it in a while. Eh, I usually end up watching it it's on TBS 24 hours right around Christmas. I usually end up catching it. Uh, but I like Ted, like really trying to backpedal here. I'm like, that was Barney. That was Marshall. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the, the answering machine really garbles your voice. Who knows what I even said there? <laughs> and Lily is just incredulous, which, you know, if Lily had thought about it for five seconds, she might have realized why Ted had called her that. <laughs> Lily seems to have no self-awareness of why Ted might have been mad. And then he, we go into flashback so he can explain why he said this. And we, we go back to a, a time when it was, there was depressed Marshall. And Marshall's you know missing Lily and says, I should have knocked her up when I had the chance, which is a nice little circle back to Lily saying that she should tell Marshall that she's pregnant oh, when they yeah. had sex in the bathroom. Oh, that's funny. Forgot about that. And then Ted starts getting tough with depressed Marshall and makes him name something that's wrong with Lily. And like Marshall's first answer, there's only one of her. <laughs> right. It's like, she called off the wedding, dumped you uh, to be a painter in San Francisco. What do you call that? Fiercely independent? Brave? <laughs> And then he eventually gets to selfish. And then they're, they're in McLaren engaging in a big Lily bashing session with Barney. Right. Which includes, she'll laugh at anything, she's a laugh slut. Remember the time she was watching a movie and we were in the other room and we thought she was laughing? Or she was laughing at a movie, we thought it was Weekend at Bernie's, but it was really Weekend at Bernie's 2. <laughs> also, Barney says she's, says she's an artist, but she doesn't even own a beret. <laughs> right. And she sucks at Pictionary. Yeah, this is one of my favorite lines. She's such a great artist. Why does she suck at Pictionary? <laughs> we, we cut to McLaren's from there. I don't understand this, or maybe I'm not remembering it, but is Ted explaining all this back to Lily, or does she not know this backstory to him? Yeah, that's hard to say. I mean, I think she he's probably explaining the Marshall was just so devastated we had to try to help him feel better and you know to do that he had to not think of you as the best woman ever i don't know if he went into all the detail about you know their bash fest at mclaren's yeah i can't tell if if this is his backstory that he's telling her or if he's just telling the audience right about it he's just telling us well we're at mclaren's with robin now 
and he's you know he's saying it's just a word. And Robin's like, uh, this is a bad one. Did you at least apologize? I said, yes. I'm sorry was the first thing that came out of my mouth. And it comes out, I'm sorry, but I'm not apologizing. Right. But even before that. And then that, he doubles down on it. He does. But then even before that, you know, Ted's trying to say, yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> there's lots of words. It's not any different than any other word. So Barney kind of tests him, like, okay, why don't you just say it now? So he says it. And, like, as a woman's walking by, it gives him a really dirty look. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Barney did that on purpose. I like how Parney says, Ted Vivian Mosby. Right. <laughs> That's not my middle name. Although it's not far off. Right. <laughs> we, we hear his middle name a little later. Yes, we will get to that. Parney says something about, you know, you, would you kiss your mother with that mouth? I don't kiss your mother with that mouth, with my mouth, yet. So that brings in the question. Right. Was Barney being honest when he said that he got to first base with Ted's mom? No, probably not. <laughs> okay. I think they forgot about this. Yeah. When they got to that later, because we talked about this, how, you know, he's talking about the moment he had in the car with Ted's mom when he drops her off at the airport. They show it, and then he goes too far by having her say that he's got a very large penis. Right, and that's not, and well, that like, hasn't happened yet. That hasn't happened yet, but it, by the end of that episode, Barney says, we just kissed. Like, that was what he ultimately settled on is what happened. But that's still way in the future. Correct, but no, it, but it, it would have already happened. Right, but they didn't write that part yet, so as no, of my, now... My point is, is he lying now or later? Well, I don't know. Which one's true? <laughs> my guess is he's lying later because he's unguarded right now. He says that he has not yeah. kissed her yet. Probably. Yeah, now I, I don't know that he ever kissed her, so yeah. Slowly as the scene develops, they're starting to let... Neil Patrick Harris is starting to talk with sort of a blocked voice, like he's catching a cold. Mm-hmm. So it comes on kind of quick, but yet they do set the stage for it a little bit. And clearly he's starting to get sick, but he refuses to give into it. His nose is just overflowing with awesome. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and then in typical Barney fashion, he tries to go pick up on a girl, saying, yeah, the holidays are a time when people are lonely and desperate. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So this should be prime Barney Trying to hook Pouncing. up with, yeah, with ladies' time, poor. but poor Barney is sick. So he tries uh, to hit on a girl at the bar and then sneezes <laughs> right in her face. And oh my god, like it's so bad. It's so bad in 2006. It's <laughs> bad times infinity right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and uh, I love how he's indignant when she walks away. A bless you would have been nice. Right. <laughs> but just the idea of a stranger sneezing oh. in your face. Right awful. It plays for a pretty good laugh in this scene. (laughs) So bad. They're going back to the apartment. Barney has a sneeze attack in the the hall. He's very good at sneeze acting. (laughs) Yes. I'm really impressed with with NPH's uh, ability to look sick and trying to not be sick but not being able to keep it in. And he sort of (laughs) has a sneeze and cough attack that sends him to the ground. Right. So Ted you know, kind of steps over him with his mug of beer that he brought up to apologize to Lily because that's their tradition. Yeah, yeah, that's how they would typically say I'm sorry. But they go in and all of the decorations are gone. Yeah. So she cleaned <laughs> it, it out. A problem alcohol couldn't even solve. The beer helped a little. 
It's a good line. Ted goes to call her. He tries to use his voice recognition on his phone. But first he really calls her a Grinch. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what right. a Grinch. This time I did say Grinch. <laughs> he, the phone, instead of calling Lily, calls Billy. I wonder how good fo- the, that voice application was in those times. I think it, I remember it being pretty bad. Couldn't be good now. You couldn't even use yours the other day. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I'm sure. It wasn't much better. I don't think I was asking it the right way, though. Maybe. But now I can't imagine voice dialing was ever really great. Robin looks over. Uh, Barney. Oh, so anyways, the the whole Billy thing, the phone calls Billy gets stuck in this conversation with an old friend of some sort that we never have heard of before or hear of again. Right. seemed like sort of an unnecessary beat to take for the show. Just yeah. Just sort of a distraction. Maybe somebody was mad at their voice dial and wrote it in. Robin, Robin catches Barney smoking a cigar on the fire escape. <laughs> Right. Which is kind of a funny scene. He says that whenever he starts feeling sick, he just feels awesome instead. True story. True story. We get a lot of versions of this explanation. Yes. Whenever he's getting depressed, he decides to be awesome instead. I think I think we get two or three of these yeah. over time. Um, we do have a really <laughs> bad, but like probably common mid-2000s joke that... Because Lily doesn't allow cigars in the apartment. It's like Marshall's marrying the Taliban. Yeah. And then he sneezes on his hand and tries to get a high five. So the <laughs> whole thing is just bad. <laughs> he's describing that, you know, he's going to pound some Red Bulls and go out. And as he's describing what his night will be, he falls asleep mid. It's going to be legend. Wait for it. Yeah. Oh, wait for it. And then just conks out. There's a strange thing they're doing in the story where Robbins becomes a caretaker to Barney. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but she's very concerned with him early on. She's very much mothering him as he's starting to get sick, which is a strange... Well, she doesn't have anything else to do. She doesn't really have her own storyline this week. So. Agreed. I, from a writing perspective, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. From a story perspective, it's a little off, but right. it, it creates some funny moments. Yeah, no, I think it it plays well. But yeah, there's not much else for her to do this episode except kind of talk to Ted on the phone on occasion. Ted gets on the phone with Lily, and they go back and forth. Neither of them are backing down. But she, we see Lily's apartment, which is apparently in the Bronx, which I don't know if we've heard that before. Is oh, it? really? They said that during this episode? Mm-hmm. Okay, so... And her, yeah, her apartment is all decorated, so, you know, straining um, understanding of how she could have gotten all that stuff from Manhattan to the Bronx. She doesn't have a car. Um... I don't think you could fit it all in a cab. But. She took the tree over somehow. <laughs> right. Every single thing that was, there was tons of stuff hanging down. Mm-hmm. Somehow she got all of this back to her apartment. Right. And then she's going to get it all the way back in even shorter order. Right. To their apartment and put it all back up again. This is just amazing. She could start her own business <laughs> doing something where you move things from an apartment. She could, maybe a mover? I don't know. Maybe a mover. But there, there's something... In, there's some talent that we're, we're seeing here that's just uh, superhuman. Yes, it's sitcom magic. <laughs> Maybe she traveled by map. Maybe. All right. She throws a lot of ass face in here. At, at, While saying it's not nice to call people names. She does remind him to take the cookies out of the oven. Around the street, Marshall calls Ted as Ted's walking down the street and wants to hear about the Winter Wonderland. 
he references the cookies. And then I guess Ted did not heed Lily's advice because then they cut to a good shot of Rob. <laughs> right, spraying the fire extinguisher in the oven and screaming. Yeah, <laughs> like screaming at the top of her lungs, like she's battling some evil force. <laughs> I really like that, that visual. Yeah, that was funny. Ted's mom calls him and says, Ted Evelyn Mosby. So he does have a traditionally female last or middle name. I think that might actually be a traditionally male name that then got co-opted into a female name. There's a lot of those. Okay. And I think Evelyn is one of them. I, I meant to look it up before. Right now. Is that something you did during your like research for this episode that you read something about that, or is that no, just that's just uh, in my brain? Okay, like yeah, you know, names like yeah, you know, Lindsay, Addison, Shannon, like a lot of those swapped over from being traditionally male names to traditionally female names. So Leslie, I think Leslie yeah, is another one. Um, so yeah, it's possible. I meant to look that up before right now, but I didn't. So <laughs> well, apparently, Lily told on him. <laughs> yeah, Lily called his mom, which I like. And she referenced calling someone's mom as a kindergartner. Right, yeah, that's she what I would do if one of, my, yeah, if one of my kindergarten students said that word, I'd call their parents. <laughs> and I like Ted's mom asks, are you acting out because of the divorce? Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> and then Clint's got to get on the phone with him. Hey, ch- hey, chief or... Champ. Champ. <laughs> and Ted just hangs up on him. <laughs> he has no time for this. We're at the apartment... Again, Robin's playing bed nurse to Barney, <laughs> giving him a bowl of soup. And all of a sudden, Barney's, of course, you know, it's very sitcom-y, but, Bar- but NPH pulls it off pretty well of kind of shrinking into this little bratty kid because mm-hmm. he's sick. And she tries to give him the soup. He goes, ouchie on my mouth. <laughs> right. And then yells he doesn't want soup. He wants ice cream. Yeah, he just evolves into a... A six-year-old. <laughs> Screams at her that he hates her, and then she goes to leave. No, don't leave me. <laughs> it's funny. We move over to a Lily's apartment, and Ted shows up as a pizza delivery person. Now, did you see Lily when she hears the door knock and, like, asks who it is? She's, like, standing on her bed with a bat wrapped in garland. <laughs> <laughs> and this was pre-Megan. Yes, it was. So, yeah, apparently Lily doesn't live in the best neighborhood. She has to have a bat on the ready to answer the door. Mm -hmm. But then she does fall pretty quickly for a pizza delivery that she didn't actually order. Yeah, well, she said that she knew it was him, (laughs) but she was just hoping he brought a pizza anyways. (laughs) And Ted does a really bad version of an apology and gets called out for it. But then, and she says, you're still mad at me, you know, admit it. He says he is because she never apologized to him, even though she apologized to Marshall. He's really mad at her that she left him as a friend and never called, and he felt abandoned. Now, this is kind of new. We've never seen this expressed by Ted before. And that makes sense. And I think there is also an apology of, like, hey, you know, sorry I left you to pick up the pieces of Marshall after I just bailed on him. Right. And so, yeah, there's partially that and then partially, like, yeah, you're supposed to be my friend, and you just disappeared for three months and never checked in or never, you know, did anything friend-like. So, yeah, never really thought about it before, but I think he makes a good point. Right. And I'm on Ted's team here for the most part just because this happened while she was gone. She obviously Mm -hmm. should have understood that... The rules change if you're broken up. 
Right. And yeah, it's it's it does seem to be a word that really jabs at women. Like there's nothing worse to call them and who knows why this word has so much power. I think we disagree on what the word is. Oh, do we? Mm-hmm. You don't, don't think it's the C word? I don't. I think it's the B word. I don't think it is because I don't think, well, I guess I, I don't have a big argument. I just don't think the B word has much power. When the, when the girl's walking by, if he says it in the bar, I don't think she's going to give him that disgusting look because it's so specific to women in the U.S. Like that's. In in England, Ted guys ever. can be called the C word sure. a lot. I don't see Ted using that word even if he's mad. Like I see him much more easily doing a throwaway, like "Oh, don't worry about that bitch." Like that, I I see, and especially here, like in this scene, we have him, you know, saying "Grinchy, Grinch, Grinch, Grinch." I don't think he's C worded it up to <laughs> Lily's face. <laughs> That'd be that would be pretty harsh. I, I see your argument. I and just, Grinch I don't, and I don't think Bitch it works. are a little bit more similar in structure. Like, I don't know. No, you, you make really good points. I just don't see this being as big a problem if it's the B word than if it's the C word. I think, I think the story makes more sense if it's the C word. The, the, how she won't let go of it. Well, I, I think Lily would probably be that way anyway because Lily doesn't like to be reminded that she did anything wrong. Could be. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was the C word. Although that does <laughs> bring me to a funny remembrance of 30 Rock when somebody calls Liz the C word and we know it's the Runt. C word. <laughs> and her and Pete try to come up with the male equivalent. <laughs> and they decide there wasn't one, right? They try to come up with fun dark, but it doesn't quite stick. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I was thinking of while watching this episode. Hmm. <laughs> You fun dark. Yeah, it just doesn't work. I think the only thing that used to really cut at guys is if you used a derogatory word accusing them of being gay. Mm. Used to really bug guys. I think it doesn't carry nearly as much power anymore. At least it shouldn't. I'm sure with a lot of males it still does. But if someone said that to me, I'd be like, okay, we've had this conversation. Yeah. Well, it depends on the word. I think some some words are still inflammatory even in that community. No, no doubt. Yeah. There's one way to refer to someone who is homosexual, or there's a couple ways that are preferable to, to make reference to. And there's words that you should never be saying, but at the same time, they have so little power because they're used to, I think, I I think the bigger insult to at least someone who's, who considers themselves straight, just the idea that they're being accused of being gay w- mm-hmm. was, and usually the way that that would be expressed would be one of those harsh words. My only point is that I think those words don't have as much power anymore. Um, so there's probably less of an equivalent. Right. Probably. So, yeah, they're still going back and forth, and Ted's, you know, doubling down, like, you know, you were a Grinch, and then, you know, Grinchy, Grinch, 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 and her lights go out. <laughs> she pissed off the big guy. He pissed off the big guy upstairs. It right. was her landlord. Right, and Ted's like, yeah, I'm sure God cares. He's like, no, my super. And he, you, you hear me yell down, I'm going to turn off your water. You keep using that language. Yeah, it was cute. I thought it was funny. So Ted just gives up, decides that, you know, 
he's going to go with his family on Staten Island. He doesn't want to ruin Marshall's Christmas. Right. So Marshall's all of a sudden, you know, nuts about Christmas. So yeah. So Lily can have Lily and Marshall can have the apartment. And we, go ahead. And we say we get Robin on the phone. You're spending Christmas Eve with your family. Maybe that sucks. <laughs> She offers to go with him, but it's a fake offer. <laughs> right. Tell me your answer first. <laughs> we go back to the apartment. Marshall's returning there, and somehow, again, Lily got everything back. Yeah, I said, thank God they don't pay for utilities. <laughs> Marshall actually blew off his schoolwork to get Lily's gift. And then we get the Marshall story. And I'll run through this very quickly, if there's something that you thought was more important to speak about, but... Uh, essentially, the her gift never got delivered, and then it was being transferred around to different. Uh, let's I don't know if it's UPS, fake or, UPS, yeah, fake <laughs> UPS stations, and it's in the truck on its way somewhere else. He runs after it, then he's in the back of the truck looking for it as the driver's <laughs> driving on his route, which is right. extremely illegal. That would never be allowed. That's a huge insurance issue. Well, and I'm sure the guy's not going to let him just like, go back there and look through all the packages <laughs> yeah. either. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of holes in this story. <laughs> but then Marshall decides to help him deliver other packages and right. we get a montage of... We get like a cutesy setup of like, oh, we're not gonna, I'm not going to be able to deliver all of these packages by Christmas. And yeah. We also get that <laughs> you know, Christmas movie music <laughs> right. that occurs whenever mayhem's happening in the movie. That's when he's running after the delivery truck. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, when he's actually delivering the packages, there's another song playing. There is, yeah. And I didn't love this scene of him delivering the packages. I don't think there was anything funny in it. It just seemed like filler in the story. Yeah, yeah. It definitely did. But, yeah. I think in a Christmas episode, it was kind of like a cutesy, Christmassy thing to do. So Mm -hmm. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't love it, but I'm not mad at it. When he gets back to the apartment, after he's told the story, we get a package joke. and Not mad at that either. He gives her the gift. It's an easy bake oven. And then it turns out, you know, she can't believe he knew that she wanted that. He said Ted suggested it. And Ted, he cuts back to a story of... Ted telling him that he knows what gift he should get Lily and it will blow her mind hole, which is, you know, as everyone knows, one of my favorite lines. Ted remembers a time when they were high in, in their college dorm and she was telling him a story about how she never got an easy bake oven that she wanted as a child because her mom was such a feminist. She thought that it was uh, anti-feminist to give her daughter a cooking toy. Uh, Ted makes a bad, my van's called, that's what I'm going to call my van, the Easy Bake Oven. <laughs> and Marshall gets back from a concert where he says he couldn't find the outside. Now, how's Marshall going to a concert without Ted and Lily? Hard to say. <laughs> but, you know, he needed to not be in the room, I guess, for the Easy Bake Oven part of the Atlantis, conversation. Was it Alanis Morissette, maybe? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good callback. Yeah. We um, just solved the episode. Yeah. So we get a a statement from Marshall in Lily saying, yeah, they're surprised that Ted remembered that after all the years and after all the weed, which I feel like is one of the few times we actually get weed called out. Yeah, by they him. didn't they didn't make them sandwiches in this. Right. So I guess I don't think that's happened yet. So I guess that comes at a later point that we stop referring to weed as weed and switch over to sandwiches. Mm-hmm. 
we cut over to Staten Island, where he's at his cousin's house. They're all wearing red, him and the kids. And he whispers while the parents are out of the room that he got them all presents. Oh, so we kind of skipped over it, but like as he was talking to, I think, was it Marshall or Robin or somebody saying, like, you know, he doesn't want to go over there because they're like. Super religious. They don't believe in gifts. Right. So, yeah, Christmas is going to be not, you know, usually Christmas with kids is fun. This doesn't seem like it's going to be that. Have you ever known any families that were so religious that they wouldn't give gifts? I mean, I know there's um, Jehovah Witnesses don't believe in celebrating anything and won't do gifts. Right. But no, I've never known. Like, actual Christians that don't do gifts. I always felt so bad for the Jehovah's Witness kids in our class growing up that had to leave the room when yeah. it was somebody's birthday and we were having cake. Yeah, it's rough. So he whispers that he got them presents. The boy that speaks up is actually an actor that ends up being Barney's fake son, son, Grant. Slash Tyler. Yes, Grant <laughs> slash Tyler. Tyler, no likey. <laughs> you don't get a catchphrase. So they, they, they reuse this actor later on, but... Uh, the kid spills the beans to the parents. The parents say the gifts will go to Charity, who I guess is the daughter's name. And she goes, yay! <laughs> Not you, Charity, to the less fortunate. Yeah, it's cute. And then the gang knocks on the door. All's forgiven. Lily brought him a beer. And Lily says the Grinch word out loud, saying that she was kind of that. Oh, so if we back it up a little bit, you know, his cousin asks, you know, who's at the door, and he says, you know, carolers, and so that's a little, like, Love Actually-esque. Remember when Andrew yes. Lincoln comes up to the door with the cards? Yeah. So it's a little a little nod to that, I think. If you say so. I do say so. <laughs> I don't know. But, all right, I'll give that to you. If it makes you feel better. Don't hit me. Gang. Can't see the glare through the podcast. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was listening to our first, or it was either in our first or second podcast that we did, and you did the same thing where you can't see the glare I'm giving him through the podcast. <laughs> I didn't realize I glared at you so much. Maybe no, should this, I think this is only the second time. <laughs> all right. The kid hears Lily saying the Grinch bad word, and then the kids all start chanting it in front of the parents, and so Ted just kind of escapes. <laughs> yeah, Ted just bails. And then we get a weird final scene of Marshall coming out late night, grabbing a bowl from the kitchen, and he's licking the the bowl where they cooked something in it. We'll assume it was you know cookies or, and that's it. I mean, was there more in the? No, that was it. It was weird. I was wondering, like, was it supposed to be like a reference to something? I didn't see anything. Yeah, it was really weird. Was there a scene in Love Actually where... <laughs> Not that I remember. <laughs> where Hugh Grant ran to the kitchen after all the staff was in bed? I mean, and how long does cookie dough stay good in a bowl? I guess if it's in the fridge. Oh, if it's in the fridge, okay. Probably a while. I'm not sure why they would keep that in the fridge. Oh, I guess it was from the cookies. Okay, here's what it is. He was really looking forward to those cookies, and because mm-hmm. they got destroyed, Ted was kind of like, uh, they taste a little store-bought, actually. Mm-hmm. So my guess is this was the only version of the cookies that he got to eat. I guess, but still. <laughs> like how much was left in the bowl? Well, I don't know. I'm weird. just saying it had a little bit of relevance to the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he did at one point does say, like, you know, leave me 20 cookies in the bowl or something, but it was still weird. Okay. And, and that's I, the episode. I've been rewatching Community, which is... Uh, 
I don't know if famous is the right word, but they are known for having very excellent end scenes. So <laughs> this is so quite this disappointing by comparison. <laughs> I'm actually I'm listening to a podcast where they're doing community recaps. And oh, nice! They've actually, started they rank the episodes and they rank the end <laughs> scenes too because they're so iconic. Ooh, another ranking. Well, we've actually we've heard. I mean, the Seinfeld ones did rankings too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of rankings, where do you think this sits? Mm, over 100. No. Really? I was surprised, too. Okay. It's actually 66. Really? Yeah. I would not have guessed that. I guess, I guess you know, the laughs added up. The blow-your-mind hole is something that <laughs> I use and borrow. Uh, I, I think, I, I don't know. I, very rarely are we surprised by how high something's ranked, so this was a nice surprise for me. Yeah. Okay. What was your favorite joke? Um, probably the super turning off the lights and Ted offending the big guy upstairs. <laughs> I, I didn't, that did seem to me as I was watching, it's like, oh, that's silly. Jen's going to like that. <laughs> Mine was, I think, the scene where Robin's using the fire extinguisher. I thought it was just, <laughs> it really made me laugh, The her screaming. I, there was something about it that just... Mm-hmm. Tickled me. Yeah, that was funny. Least favorite. Um, this end thing it was very weird. Mine was the Billy thing, the phone call mm. that went to Billy instead of Lily. I think it was just kind of a waste of time. I think my second worst is the Lily or Marshall's marrying the Taliban. It's probably my second least favorite. Next week we have first time in New York. Oh, okay. That's with Robin's little sister, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And we get some really good flashbacks <laughs> yeah. in it. We get, you know, when That's people right. lost their virginity. I forget if there's a Marshall and Lily flashback in those. But also we get Barney's varying stories of how he lost his virginity. <laughs> we get a lot of fun facts stuff mm-hmm. from, right. Ted. from Ted. And... Um, I like uh, the sister's boyfriend and Robin's reactions to him. (laughs) You say things. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be a good one. All right. So I did, before we say goodbye, I did, um, as I was, like, looking up the episode, I came across this website that somehow I haven't come across before called tvtropes.org, where, yeah, we talk about things being like, oh, this is really sitcom-y. They actually go through and, like, name all of the things in an episode and, like, the actual, like, trope that it is. Wow, you got to send me that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's right here, tvtropes.org. So was that, was there something in this episode that There was, like, 20 things. Up? On the TV tropes? Mm-hmm, where it was, like, you know, fake delivery person when, you know, Ted comes over to Lily's apartment, um, you know, callbacks to different things. So, like, Cousin stacy has been brought up before um, when Ted's parents come to visit. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's there's a long list About of About how she's having another kid. Mm-hmm. So we get, yeah. Oh, and she's, preg- and she's, and she's pregnant. pregnant in this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I was like, I don't know how I haven't oh, I wish I wish you wrote before. all the ones that it referenced. I mean, it was seriously like 20 things. <laughs> wow. How does it list them? Does it like have it by TV shows or does it have it? Oh, this had it just by this episode. And so all of the things in this episode that were. A but does it have every time. episode of How I Met Your Mother mentioned? You know what I or? didn't look. I okay. just look, I looked up this episode and then wrote down the, the website because I thought it was interesting. Well, I think I'm excited to read that website. 
Yeah. So I don't know how, you know, I'm not sure if it's something they're still doing or, you know, if this is old or what, but I came across that today. I thought it was interesting. Okay. Well, Jen, give us, tell people where they can find us. Oh, people can find us at runklerecaps.com. Email us at runklerecaps at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at runklerecaps and on Instagram at underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Well, Jen and I have to go finish watching Weekend at Bernie's 1. Okay, 2. See you, everyone. Bye.